Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Outside the Sheds. I am your host, Corey Jackson, sitting here in the bunker in the divided states of America. But you know what I promised you from day one is that every week you can turn into this show and get a perspective that maybe you didn't see, maybe you didn't think of. And if you did, my gosh, you're brilliant. But one of the things I promised you guys, shedheads, friends, family, is that when you turn in, turn up week in, week in and week out to Outside the Sheds, I promise you a good time, I promise you insight, and I promise you 45 minutes to an hour and a half of total escape. But we're going to do it with energy, we're going to do it with purpose, we're going to do it with truth. And that is the thing I will stand by till the day I say it's time to get in that little dirt area and cover me up. But I really am excited about this week's episode because we're going way, 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 way off the reservation compared to what all the other episodes of Outside the Sheds has been like. I want you guys to hear from somebody who's very, very important to me, somebody who taught me about this game of rugby league. He didn't teach me too much about Aussie Rules football. I'm going to pat myself on the back about that. But this man who I consider my, I, I guess he would be my Jedi master because, like I said, he opened this up to me. Uh, I really wanted you to hear from him. And this will be the first interview that has ever been conducted and that has ever been played on Outside the Sheds. But this gentleman that I'm going to introduce, and you'll hear me introduce it during the interview, um, is somebody very, very important to me. He's a very, 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 very strong valued individual um, and somebody to very much that I look up to for the way that he conducts his life, treats his family, um, and just the person he is. While he is always probably the white side of the yin and yang, and I might be a little bit of the darker hue, he's just a good man. And I am proud to call him a friend and a brother. So with no further ado, I would like to... Do the first interview on Outside the Sheds uh, with the great Parramatta Eels supporter, Dominic Gonzalez. So, Shedheads, please listen to this. This is a longer interview, but take it all in. If you need to take breaks, go ahead, because Dom's got some really good insights about the game today, some of his first experiences with the game, and I really wanted to just get into the man himself and, and, and why Rugby League is what Rugby League is to him. So have fun with this. Uh, next week is going to be crazy, Shedheads. Next week is going to be insane. There's stories. Finally, we've got some stories coming in droves all around the AFL, NRL, Rugby League as a whole that we're going to really attack. Um, we may even do multiple episodes next week. I'm not really sure. I'm still kind of sorting it all out. But with it being Super Bowl week, and now that the NRL and AFL are firing up all the way around, it's, it is about ready to get excited. So feel it. Feel the thump. But that is next week, this week. Have fun with this interview. Take it all in. Let me know. Love you guys. This is Corey Jackson. You're listening Outside the Sheds. And here's the man, the myth, the legend, Dominic Gonzalez. Shedheads, I've got to tell you, this has been something I've been planning for quite a while. I have wanted to kind of bring you in into my history of why I fell into the game of in love with the game of rugby league. And, and I think anybody who has a passion for some thing, somebody, a mission, a goal, whatever you want to have, it comes from a mentor. It comes from somebody who has opened those doorways from, for you and has kind of helped herd you through that door. Now, they may not always give you the best advice or maybe the best love of a team or an organization, but can you really go that way with them? Because they are your, you know, do you think that Luke Skywalker told Darth to wear black? I don't think so. I think that was Darth on his own. So as I come in in the Skywalker role, 
you know, I, I have to go with what I go with. So what I wanted to do today is I wanted to give you guys a, my first interview in Outside the Sheds. And this made me maybe even more of a conversation. But I wanted you to see and meet the man who opened the door of rugby league to me and to you, Shedheads, because you join me every week for this beautiful podcast that we come together with called Outside the Sheds. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce our guest, our, our, our sponsor, our leader, or the man that got us here, Dominic, as I will call him during the interview, Gonzalez. I would say a, a passionate rugby league man, a better father, and he might have the best bald head in the game, period. But after all of that, this intro goes, the man himself, Dom Gonzalez. Dom, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Corey. Doing really well. I want to thank you first off because it's, you know, it's 5.30-ish, 6 o'clock-ish uh, Central Daylight Time. Look, I'm giving away my position. Next thing you know, the airstrike will be coming. But I'm giving away my time. So it's like 6 o'clock my time here in the States. And you are calling it what time over in Aussie? Uh, it's about um, nearly 11, 11 in the afternoon. Well, that's still in the morning, though. Is that is yeah, that it's still, still technically morning? Okay, okay. Uh, I want to make sure that I, you know, because you guys call brekkie, we just call it breakfast. You know, you guys always <laughs> take off that ending, make it easier. Uh, we make it more difficult. It's, as you, it's the Australian way to shorten everything. Uh, well, I, I, it's brilliant. Maybe we should have shortened the last two, uh, four years to two years. From uh, anyway, we won't talk about politics. Uh, <laughs> we won't get into politics. We won't get into politics. We'll get into politics. Well, Dom, I, I, I really wanted to have you, and it's, it's a real honor for me to have you on my podcast because, like I said when I introduced you, I would have not have known anything about the game of rugby league. Un until we met back in 2009, 2010. And it was kind of subtle. I'm like, we just started talking. And, and I, I think I lucked out that I, when we flew in to Australia, it was the beginning of the playoffs uh, of the finals. Mm -hmm. And so it was a perfect time for you to kind of indoctrinate me into the game because it was, everyone was excited. You know, it was playoff time. It was finals time. Um, so it was a really good transition for me to come in at that time. And it was quite easy for me to follow along and, and, and all of that. But I kind of want to go a little bit with you. I want to find out about the man, the myth, the <laughs> legend. Um, I know a little bit about your back and your history. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that uh, you were born in Pakistan and yep. your family made the journey to Australia. How old were you? I was 12, 12 and a half. 12 and a half. Um, now, 1987 I know, it was. Okay, good year. 87, we love the 80s. Um, mm -hmm. Now, the thing about it is I know one of the biggest powerhouses in the world in the game of cricket mm -hmm. is Pakistan. Yep, and did definitely. your family have more more cricket leanings before you came to Australia? Oh, definitely. My, my dad was uh, quite an avid cricket player. Um. So I mean, so was I in my younger days, back because you know it's um, like the old saying: when you watch in India and in Pakistan, it's um, kids are playing on the street. That that's what you did. That was your national sport. You, you know, whenever you got a chance, that that's what you did. Um, different kids play different, but you know, Pakistan also played. They play in track and field, yeah. and um, wow. you know, when I say play, they, they participate in track and field, and they um, they've got some runners. They they had. Um, some world champions in squash, believe it or not. Right. And also in um, the uh, field hockey. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yes, yeah, so they're just some of the sports that they they, they really sort of get into. And that um, is – Internationally. Is, sorry about that, but that is like the Super Bowl when India and Pakistan play, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's – it's yeah, look, it's probably likened to a lot of the rivalries that now that you know rugby league. Um, kind of like the state of origin, Queensland versus yeah, uh, yeah. New, you know, New South Wales. You know, the, the rivalry is there. It's always, you know, like they say, mate against mate. And funnily enough, Pakistanis and um, Indians are very similar in a lot of things they do, a lot of their culture. Right. But um, right. the rivalry is there, kind of like Oklahoma and Texas State. Hey, look at you. <laughs> look at you. Thank you. Look at you. Beautiful transition. Bring the state <laughs> side. Um, no, I, I think that that's, 
I, I kind of experienced that the first time with that country disdain for each mm -hmm. other. When I was, I went over to Scandinavia and I, I never uh, knew until I went over there how much the Norwegians and the Swedes dislike each other. And, oh, and yeah. if you went, if you were in Sweden, they said the same jokes about Norway as Norway said, but they just flipped it and said it, <laughs> it was the Swedes. And I was like, wow, you guys are so much alike, but the disdain yeah. between the two countries that's, is so strong. Yeah, it, it's a strong rivalry, I guess. Yeah. The, the good thing about it is, thank God we haven't given nuclear weapons to Norway and Sweden. <laughs> Who knows what would happen there? But um, <laughs> yeah, so you got right. to you got to uh, when you guys came to Australia, mm -hmm. Parramatta was the first place that you guys settled down at, right? As a family. Well, yeah, that's um, we sort of we, we we didn't have a we didn't really know the area. Uh, didn't know a lot about the geography of Sydney. Right. So when we when we first moved, we knew that my my auntie was the first person, sort of first first um, family to settle here. Uh, she was in the the Guildford area, okay, and that's that's where we sort of we settled um, to sort of that's where we moved initially, and then we got to know the layout of the land, uh, got to know um, the the area we were in. And started going to school there. And um, going to school, it's funnily enough, I had a really close friend of mine who I still keep in contact. Um, he was a big Manly fan, still is. Okay. Big Manly Moringa fan. And I sort of said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll watch some of the games. And funnily enough, um, one of the first um, games that I watched was the 86 Grand Final. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. And right. that was Parramatta Manly. So, you know, it was, it was interesting because watching that game was sort of, it was like, I didn't know the area, but I knew that we were in the Parramatta area and Parramatta was the team that did really well. So it was always sort of like, oh, you know, to get along with my friend, I have a liking for both. Right. So right. I sort of went, uh, Parramatta is my um, uh, B team and Manly could be my A team. Right. And right. then I sort of learned about the rivalry between the two. And, you know, growing up and learning about it, I sort of, yeah, it, it was when I was with my friend, I was always, yeah, yeah, Manly, you know, yeah. And, and they, you know, I started to get to like Cliffy Lions and, you know, some of these the right. big players. But then I always had a, you know, really strong uh, liking for Sterling and, and um, Kenny. And so, so it was like, um, it was always a toss up between the two. And I guess it kind of solidified me to be a real Parramatta fan is in the days when um, the, the, the whole merger with the North Sydney Bears and, um, and manly, but when that happened, and I was sort of very against it, right? And then right. after what happened between North Sydney and Manly, not putting blame on anyone, but it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, and I moved away from that team, if you will. Yeah. And then I sort of understood the rivalry, and uh, Parramatta is my number one now, always has been since. Let me get this. That was 80, 86, you said? Wasn't that the 86 grand final? 86 grand final, yeah. Okay. The vicious rumor is Sterlo had hair back then, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> he, um, he, well, you know, you could see it was going, but yeah, he, he still had hair. Back hey, in the um, 80s, everybody did, didn't they? That's right. That's right. Hey, exactly. Um even I had hair back in the 80s. I, I've heard this vicious rumor. I don't think I've even seen a picture of this yet. I, I've heard this. You've, you've told me this, but I don't oh. think you've even, you know, solidified it with me. Look, it's one of my darkest kept secrets, you know, that I had um, hair that I dyed blonde. So if you can imagine a, a, a dark-skinned man with blonde hair and a blonde beard, you know. Yeah, it's called Dennis Rodman. But the, the ladies really loved it, but, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, at the oh, end yeah. of the day, it kind of. It, 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 as you can see, it left some detrimental um, <laughs> effects on my, uh, my follically, you know, follically my follicle, um, yes. experience. So, yeah, <laughs> suffice oh. to say, ever since then, I never grew hair. Well, you know, it, it, and going back to what you said, because knowing you now, you would never even know that at one time you liked Manly. Yeah, I know. Most people don't, funnily enough, because I don't, it's not something that I really reveal, but I guess looking back on it, it was um, it, because that was the game that I watched, it was kind of like, and a friend of mine had that inclination, you know, at the time, a really close friend was, you know, a, a big Manly fan. I thought, hey, you know, we're bros, we, we can, this is a team, right. sounds good, I'll, I'll kind of, you know, 
be a good fan of him. And I've got friends that are now, you know, I still talk to them about Mandy and I sort of quietly share to them, you know, this is, I kind of had a, I, di- I didn't have a dislike at the time for them. Yeah. So, you know, I I sort of thought, yeah, my A team and my B team, yeah, okay, we'll kind of, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll we don't have a dislike towards either one. And Manly would have been, and Manly would be a, a Z team to you right now. And, and that's what makes it, that's what uh, makes look, it. Look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it'd be a Z team, but like, like all rivalries grow, it's, it's always nice to beat them. Right. You know what I mean? And it's always, it always stings that little bit more when they beat you. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, they can't be the Z team because the Melbourne Storm still exists. So that's that, <laughs> that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. If there's if there's any teams that I I dislike more than anything, it would have to be it would have to be the Melbourne Storm. <laughs> well, I've always known Cameron Smith is your favorite player, so it oh, makes look, 100%. look full full credit to him. I don't have a dislike towards him. I just um, you know, I always think if he was playing for Parramatta, he would be the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. because he's not and he's playing for Melbourne. Uh, he's um, to me, you know, he's kind of the uh, the player that I dislike. And while I respect the fact that he what he's done in the game and the the level that he is, um, he's brought his game, um, what he's achieved. There's still that dislike because why couldn't it have been my team that did that? You know, right. so yeah. You know, I think I, I totally agree with you about Cameron Smith. I think, like I said, he may be the the greatest rugby league player we've ever seen. No matter mm-hmm. if he's played for a team that we can't stand or not, that's, that's but I, right. Yeah. But I, but I think sometimes the thing that causes him issue is there's sometimes a lot of people feel that he's selfish. Oh yeah, and I think that he has not helped his legacy. We probably won't remember it 10, 15 years from now, but yeah. he hasn't helped his legacy with kind of letting team leading teams on right now. Like he just won't say I'm retired. Yeah. You know, and so now, you know, Gold Coast still thinks they have a shot at him. Maybe Brisbane thinks they have a shot at him. I think you see Melbourne is saying that, you know, we're going Harry Grant. We're going, you know, the the Wombat. Look, Cameron Smith has even come out. He's 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 made it quite clear that he will not stand in the way of um, uh, the storm uh, putting Harry Grant in that um, hooker position. Uh, The 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 and. So that's a big indicator that he's no longer going to play because he's sort of, you know, and Harry Grant has uh, said, if I'm not staying with Melbourne Storm, then I'll go elsewhere. But um, at this stage, Melbourne Storm have got him as part of their um, their squad for this year. So, yeah, I think Cameron Smith is just delaying um, the inevitable and saying, yeah, look, I'll retire. And in all honesty, as a player, you want to feel, you want to finish on top. He did this year, you know. Oh, sorry, last year. He did last year. So he he basically just needs to say, look, I'm done. You know, let's get on with it. Even if he um, goes to the Melbourne Storm and says, I'll, I'll take up a role, whether it be coaching, mentoring, whatever it is, um, as part of the, the team that way. But uh, it's, it's just something that I guess he needs to make that decision. But in as far as his personality, look, most competitive people are. I mean, if you, if you watched... If you watch the last dance with uh, Michael Jordan, yeah, you know I was a big Michael Jordan fan with the Bulls um, back in those days. Uh, I mean, still am, still am. Michael Jordan is absolute god for basketball, as far as I'm concerned. Right. But um, the the man, his competitive nature, it it made me laugh because I sort of I look back and I think, wow, I never realised that from him, and I can see that a lot in Cameron Smith. Not saying that he's at the level of Michael Jordan, but he. Um, you know he has that competitive nature, and it's it's one of the things where he just cannot accept losing. And I can understand that. Um, I guess the part the part I think that a lot, that he has sort of uh, lost respect for uh, in that a lot of people have lost respect for him was back in the days the Alex McKinnon days. If you remember um, yeah. during Newcastle when yeah. Alex McKinnon was injured. Uh, Cameron Smith was the, the the players that was involved in the tackle. Right now, I don't know the specifics of it, but what I do know is that a lot of times he he has never uh, the Storm were at that time promoting the wrestling tactics. They were promoting the the, the crusher tackle, which wasn't outlawed at the time. Right, and in in those days, I guess they um really he was the leading um the the leading contender for the crusher tackle. 
and a lot of them in those days they said it was it was um what is it uh what's the word uh it was innovative yeah because yeah. people weren't doing that but it sort of also highlighted the, the 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 competitive nature of his where he was going out to try and not not so much injure but really incapacitate players right so that right. you know it was it would give his team that advantage if you understand so and i think he has never come out and said look i'm sorry that you know we went through those tactics at the time and i think that's what's left a lot of bad taste in people's mouths because people looked at it and said him and that team at the time were trying to injure people they weren't just trying to win they were win at all costs and the problem with that is you were injuring people in the process and it was the whole Alex McKinnon situation that brought all that to the forefront you know right I mean? a lot of people a lot of people say that they um that that image of Alex laying there mm. and Cameron Smith not bending down to see if he's all right but instead right, yeah. going to the referee and complaining that that's a penalty you yeah, know that's yeah. that and a lot of people um and I know you know I know there's been there's been banter back and forth that that mm. that that he did allegedly call Alex and apologize later on and, and stuff yeah. like that. But I think that lasting image of him not that's, being yeah. concerned and that and that that's that always sort of it's it's always that tarnish on his legacy, if you will, on the on his record. Yeah, you know. So and I think a lot of people sort of look at that and go, um, "Here's someone. Yeah, we understand you're competitive, but you're win at all costs." And the downside to that is. It costs someone else their career. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's yeah. And while while you know, it, at the end of the day, it is a game. We're not curing um, brain cancer. We we just you know, it is a game. So, if if you lose, you lose. Right. But yeah, I guess that's that's what makes. Uh, I, it's hard to argue the point because sometimes people will say that's what makes a champion is win at all costs. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. You know, Michael, at, at which point do you draw the line? Michael Jordan would have done plenty of crusher tackles. Let's put oh, it that way. <laughs> well, if, if he was, if he was, Michael Jordan would have done whatever he could. And I, I understand that. Yeah. And that's what made him who he was. But, um, you know, it was also what I liked about Michael Jordan and what I still respect about him is he was work hard no matter what. You know, it wasn't just winning. It was work hard, work hard, work hard. And Cameron Smith has that, um, that attribute too because I see it. When he talked with him and um, Craig Bellamy, and Craig Bellamy is a great coach. He's he's another one who's, um, you know, his his philosophy is we we grind down and we work hard. And he's he's known for taking players that people have discarded and said we can't do anything with, and say no no I can do something with you and making them perform much better than they have um, in their prime. So it's um, I guess it's inspiring and. In a lot of ways, and and I give him credit for that because his philosophy is work hard, work hard, work hard. But there's also that um, you know that competitiveness where win at all costs, and it, I guess that's the part that people don't understand and like too much either. So, speaking about Bellyache, do you think that Bellamy is the best coach in the game? I do, I do, I honestly do. Um, and I say the. The difference between him and, um, you know, so say, um, uh, what, what's the, what's the, what was the origin coach? What was the um, Wayne Bennett? Uh, yeah, Bennett. The difference between him and Bennett. Bennett is inspiring. He's inspiring in the sense that he he brings the best out of his players by simply uh, coaching them. You know, he 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 sort of always acts like a mentor towards them. Right. Whereas Bellamy just grinds him down and says, give me your best, give me your best, give me your best. Go hard, 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 work hard, work hard, work hard, and bring it out and just brings it out in them. So I guess in a lot of ways, I think Craig Bellamy is more uh, is a better coach than Bennett because sometimes, you know, Bennett, Bennett has had a long, he's had a long career. And yeah, he can still, as you saw in this year, last year's origin, he can get his players to just play, but I think a lot of it has to do with not just him, but it's also the jersey they wear. And then, yeah, they they turn up for big games, and that's what they did. 
Well, it might be the dance moves too, because we've seen Wayne oh, dance, and, and uh, Bellier cannot he, he cannot do the stinky leg. Let's put it nah, that nah, way. He, he just he just gets mad and swears and throws bottles in the uh, you know in the in the coaching box. But yeah, kicking chairs. He's you know he's got a good right leg. We did we know or, or flicking off Cameron Smith after he breaks his record. He's got he's got subtle talents that we don't uh, we probably don't give enough respect to. Um, I want to know you growing up, going back to that, mm-hmm. who was your favorite player growing up? Wow. Growing up. Um, look, I'd like to say Sterling, but um, Sterling's probably my favorite Parramatta player. Okay. Um, I'd like to say Sterling because of he, because of the way he played. But for me, he was probably he was in the twilight of his career when I just started getting into rugby league. Right. So I only saw little bits of him. Um, for me, I think the player I enjoyed watching, and funnily enough, um, was Cliffy Lyons. That man was mm-hmm. magic when he played. Man, he really was. And even to this day, when you if you you know if you ever watch the Legends of League that come out at Gosford Stadium, um, the man he still plays like he did when he was 20 and um, it just, he ran rings around players in his time. And yeah, I think, I think if he, yeah, Cliffy lines and the other one I liked watching was um, Mr. Tenacity, Jeff Tooby. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. And funnily enough, I know I say, you know, like again, it was, it was in the days when I really enjoyed watching Manly play. Right. Um, It was, yeah, it having them as players, but you know, then, I can say the same. I, I had a few others, um, you know. I think in all general, in in all honesty, the best player I ever watched was had to be Cliffy Lyons. I just they, watching the man play was always. You knew when you wanted to watch those games, he was gonna he was gonna find a way to win, and he almost always did. Right. Uh, they say you know I never saw Tubi play. I've only seen him coach, but they say that he played a lot the way that he coaches a lot of fire. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's he, he was always always. That's why I say Mr. Tenacity. He was always tenacious. He, he, he it was like, and and if you know if you know me, I, I'm very much a um, you know, uh, you, you may not have all the attributes, but as long as you you just you grind and and just go hard and do give everything, give it everything, then and that's that's the kind of that's the attributes that I personally love. So it's yeah, that's that's what he did and. That was one of the reasons why I always sort of – I still remember him as one of my favorites. Well, I know uh, behind every strong man is a strong woman, and I, I saw that your lovely wife, Sonia, actually made a, a contribution to your love of the blue and gold by putting it on license plates. Uh, or oh, yes. On- <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, yes. Because, uh, look, I, there's one thing, one thing I have to say about my lovely wife. She knows me. <laughs> she, she's got to know me a lot better. You know, she's got to know me over the years. So, um, my God, I've seen you with that. And I have to, I have to show everyone who are who I am and where I'm from. And that's yeah. right, that's right. You, you're smoking jacket, bathrobe, your license plates. You know, you can't. Definitely. You know, you're well, definitely. You know, that's that's the thing about you know, um, I embrace Parramatta, and 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 one of the, and I guess going back to why I've always been a Parramatta fan. Initially, it was because of the area I was from. Of where I was um, and the team I watched play. And, and then over the years, it's sort of been, it's been more about the fact that, you know, they've been, they've been um, probably the most, um, the well, most well-liked club, but at the same time, the one that's always kept down, if you will. Yeah. And for me, I've, it's always been a case of the underdog, you know? Right. The underdog that is, should be should be winning more than they have was destined to win but can never get there and sort of like you want to you want to will that to happen so that's and i guess like anything you know it's it's uh it's because it's got to a point now where i just my passion is it's them or nothing right right that's it there's no b team anymore that's it i like it i like it hey uh tell me now you played the game what position Mm. did you play when you were playing usually Usually, um, funnily enough, when I when I played and the lock position was um, much uh, a lot a lot different to what it is now. 
when I first started playing, I was leaner. But as I put on the beef, so when I first started playing, I played on wing. Okay. okay. As Because I was leaner and quicker, um, as I put on the, the kilos and the beef, I started moving into more the lock. Okay. Uh, and I enjoyed playing at lock because my biggest thing was, and and finally, you know, we, we talk about Manly. Um, David Gillespie. Okay. If you remember, he if you if you if you understand, David Gillespie was known as Cement. He was a guy that would just doesn't matter who ran at him, and he played he played in second row and he played in the lock, and that's where I played. Okay. Um, he would tackle anything that came at him, and he would always bring them down, and that that was my that that that's why he was called Cement, and that that was my thing when I played in lock. I just loved getting in there and just tackle, 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 and that was my thing. Whoever got past me. I made sure I tried to bring him down, and that was that was my thing. So I guess Locke was my okay. favorite. Um, second row, I played in second row a bit, right. and um, when I played Union, funnily enough, I um, they put me in in the the, the front row, uh, right? Um, not the hooker, the um, the, yeah, I guess the, the the front row position. But I forget with Union what they call now, but. <laughs> So would you say I, I know you're a, a, an avid Waratahs fan? Mm-hmm. Of course. Of of the two, I know it's it's tough to compare them. Would you say you're more of a league than a Union man? Ah, uh, look, definitely. I, I league. I played a lot more. Um, I understood a lot better, and yeah, definitely more a league fan. In saying that, I sort of you know I got into the Union as well. I played a little bit of Union. Okay. And um, yeah, just. Every now and again, I sort of uh, I go back and forth between union and league, but um, mainly a league fan. It was it was in the area I was in. I was with uh, friends that I played, and and schoolboy as well. Schoolboy um, played league all the time. So yeah. Well, we'll we'll edit this part out so your mother in law doesn't hear that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, she can hear. Oh, I know, I know, I know. You're not uh, afraid of the queen whatsoever. Um, <laughs> tell. Uh, going now, shuttling ahead to today's day and age, mm-hmm. who would you say you enjoy watching play the game most now? Who is one of your favorite players to watch at this current time? At this point in time, I would have to say Clint Gutherson. Yeah, definitely. Because and and the reason why is I say I say this to Savio as well. You know, um, the reason why I love watching Clint Gutherson play because a man plays with heart. Yeah. You know, he he's, he always plays with his heart on his sleeve and you have to admire that. You, very few people dislike that. I mean, you can question his ability, you can question his speed, but at the end of the day, you can't question his heart. Yeah, I, I agree with you because I, I myself, if you're not going to give the Daily M to Nathan mm-hmm. Cleary, and I think TikTok took that away from him, so he didn't deserve that. <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. Not this year, even though he might have been the best player. <laughs> no. You know, he shouldn't have been dancing with his his background dancers. And oh, but I will tell you, if he's not in the race, you to me the daily end was was the Guthos to lose. And yeah. the reason I say that is if you take if you remove Gutherson from Parramatta, yeah, or you or you remove um, what's his face from Canberra that won it. Um, I'm just yeah, Jack Whiten. Jack Whiten. You're moving. Yeah. I think that I think I think Sticky gets more, still gets Canberra farther than yeah. where Brad Arthur's would have got Parramatta without Gutho. Yeah, definitely. And and so I definitely I I agree with you. I he is even though I'm not in the blue and gold army, mm. he's one of my favorite players to watch. Easily, yeah. he's and he, he's and that's the thing. And he's he had a great year this year too. You know he um. Again, he it was for once, you know, he wasn't injured, so he, he was able to just really play at his at his strengths. And he being in that fullback role, and you can see why he he deserved his spot this year. Um, oh, sorry, last year in uh, State of Origin in New South Wales. And not, I mean, he was at center, and it wasn't un- because Teddy was injured, he had no choice but to move in the fullback role. And he didn't. People, there's still criticism as to. Should they have moved Pappenhausen in fullback and brought him in and left Gutherson at center? Because and the question was because um, Jack White couldn't cover um, uh, uh, Cameron Munster at the time, 
So if you remember, and Cameron Munster absolutely carved yeah. New South Wales yeah. up in that, that last game. You know, in hindsight, could have been. But I think in all honesty, um, even Freddie said in his interview, he said, at the time, you know, we, we just, we made that decision. He said, had I done anything differently? Probably not. Yeah. He said, yeah. if anything, you know, he may have moved um, Pappenhausen in for Jack White and moved, moved things around that way. But, you know. Kind of piggybacking on what you said mm -hmm. and what, what, uh, what uh, Freddie was saying. I don't know personally how you could leave a guy, especially when you need anything. Like when you're throwing everything at the wall to see if it's going to stick. I don't think you can't leave a big game, a game three like that with yeah. a guy like Pappenhausen on your bench. And yeah, yeah. say, well, maybe we could have. I'm saying you that is the time you have to find out because yeah, now you definitely. say I've exhausted all possibility. And I mm -hmm. would have put Pappenhausen at fullback and then moved Gutho back to center. But again, yeah. even at center, Gutho was having a little bit of a problem because he had a little bit of speed and he was on his back foot. And that's that's not his position. You know, he no, can play exactly. center. But um, yeah, I just but kind of going back to what we said, that that was that was a bad series for the yeah. Blues in the standpoint think, that everyone thought they so. should have won. Yeah, and they should they should have won that. Yeah, everyone thought they should have won, and and really, you know, Queensland was playing with house money. If they would have mm -hmm. lost, everyone was expecting to lose anyway. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. that's why Wayne makes them the perfect. That's why Wayne was the perfect coach for that scenario mm -hmm. and that situation. Oh, look! In look in in fairness to Fitler. What you got to realize is, um, when sorry, one sec. So what you got to realize, in fairness to Fittler, was um, he had Pappenhausen on the reserve. Yeah. So so what that means is, when he picked his full seventeen, he couldn't bring anyone from reserve. Okay. So he he had no way of predicting that you know um, Teddy would be out. Yeah. In that third game, and the, the problem with that is, then he had to play with just the seventeen. He couldn't bring. Pappenhausen from reserve into the 17 to be able to put him on the, you know what I mean? Right. So it was, the question was asked was, why didn't he bring Pappenhausen from the reserve into the um, 17 before? Right. And, you know, I guess he looked at his best 17 and said, this is what fits in my 17. Yeah. And yeah, that, and that's, and that's the thing. And even though Pappenhausen was there in the reserves, no doubt he may be there next, or uh, this year, uh, instead of origin. But um, yeah, I think he, he, Fittler kind of looked at that and said, this is my best 17. They fit in as a, a team of 17. And if I get any injuries, I can reserve, I can put people in different positions. So I've got the, the utility factor in there. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. I think that's, as a coach, that's what he would look at and say, that's, to me, that, that was my best 17. And that's all he could play with. And, to, you know, unfortunately, it's kind of, Teddy got injured. If had Teddy not been injured, I think he probably would have found it might have been a different game yeah. in that third yeah. game altogether. So it's hard to say because Teddy he owned that 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 fullback spot. They, there was nothing, you know. There wasn't any changes yeah. going to be made there. I, that series to me, this Origin series, mm -hmm. was all breaks for one team. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like everything that, you know, from Boyd Corner going down early, like everything just Definitely. kept adding up more and more. And by the it, time game three happened, going up uh -huh. to, you know, trying to win game three in in, uh -huh. in the in the maroon hell, you know, um I I I wanted the blues to to pull it out, but uh -huh. I really But I, I I didn't think it was gonna happen as no, well. I didn't and either. look uh, listening, if you listen to podcasts and you know you know how I feel about um uh, Phil Gould uh, in the in the commentary box. Um, <laughs> he look he what he, one point that I did take from him that I thought was valid was he said in the beginning when 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 um, Guthrie got moved to fullback and Jack Whiten was in center, he said from the beginning he said Whiten couldn't cover the speed of uh, Gagai, and he had Munster inside him. And he knew that was the weak point, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So he he saw that from from that point, and I I agreed with him, and I thought, yeah, okay, maybe. And he even said maybe they needed to switch the centers around, 
Yeah. But you know, to try and cover that in some way. But I guess it didn't didn't happen. Yeah. And um, yeah, he said, you know, Jack White was playing in that right center position and he was um he was out of position. He was out of position and he was out of speed. Yeah. The, to the people he was marking. And that was always going to be a hole that was going to come through. So I guess the, at that point, I don't know, had um, had they heard his advice and maybe done things differently? Who knows? You know, I think I think it's so funny when we talking like that because I think we know that Fittler does things his certain way and you expect yeah, yeah. big coaches like that. You know, even, you know, I, let's put it this way. Let's say Gus was co- coaching the Blues at that time. If Gus had in his mind, this is how we're going to coach, you know, this particular moment in the game or how we're going to coach it, I think Jesus could have tried to get on the hotline to tell him to switch it up, and he would say, I think this is <laughs> going to work. No, this is uh, going to work, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, as we transition now, as we, because I want to talk a little bit about, like, right now in the game, mm-hmm. um, but I guess before we can do that, how is the COVID situation over in, in New South Wales in the country? Oh, look, it, it – it's. I think it's quite good because I mean, look. In all honesty, we we're having like maybe two, uh, three cases at the moment. We're on um, day three of zero cases. Wow. Zero new cases. So, it, um, you know, but our overall impact in Australia has been nothing compared to what it has been in in UK, Europe, and the states for that matter. Yeah. So, COVID wise, we. You know, we're, we're, but mind you, we're doing a lot of tests. Um, I've been tested. Sonia's been tested twice or three times. Um, Savia has been tested three times. Okay. So you know, we we we've all had tests, um, and they've all come back negative. So, well, I I it, I really had no idea. If you listen to those tennis mm. players down in Melbourne, I think they're in a oh, concentration yeah. camp. I, I feel oh, so yeah, yeah. horrible for their. <laughs> food and their livelihood they, well that's because because they're not getting to play their game and do what they want to do and and mind you what what you what you probably don't hear as well is a lot of them um you know that have been tested positive for covid have come from countries where is where, where the disease is running rampant so and um you know they, they've come down here and they're sort of went, well why can't we just do what we always do and Hang on, we've got restrictions in place. If they went to New Zealand, they probably wouldn't be able to go anywhere either. Yeah. Because the same thing, the same restrictions. And New Zealand have handled things really well in the yeah. sense that there's, yeah. um, you know, they've had very little. They've even had much less than what we have. So we're, we're sort of trying to just keep a lid on things and um, keep businesses back to where they, they're, you know, doing what they were doing before COVID. So. Well, Don, if it makes you feel any better, I want to let you know over here in America, uh, mm-hmm. we are testing very high in infection rates, but we're not closing businesses. We, you know, we're, we're fine. No, yeah, I know, I know. Play on. I know. That was, Play on. That, that was another, that was another. Um, and look, in all honesty, I think it, it's hard because you've got to consider the economy as well. So it, it's hard for the decision maker, especially in your bigger, um, your Western economies like Australia, you know, like um, the UK, like America, it's very difficult for them because you've got to consider, everybody says, oh yeah, you could do this and you can do that. But for the businesses that, you know, will suffer for it, especially the small businesses, then they put their hand out and say, what about us? Why can't you look after us? So, uh, you know, it's, you can't please everybody. But I think as long as you have a genuine plan in place, um, that that would help. And I don't yeah. think our um our your your sorry, the the United States that the former president had any plan in place. I think he was he was just banking on there to be a vaccine that would just fix it everything and save everyone. Yeah. Well, we didn't get him to admit until what June that that COVID was an actual thing almost. So that, that, you know, that's, that's losing some quality time. That's like saying we're going to pass the ball with the two minute mark left in the entire game, you know, for rugby league. Uh, Uh, It's kind of probably not smart idea. Um, But with that being said, it looks like um, the big first kickoff to the season, um, the all-stars game looks like we might be having almost a, maybe a full house or maybe a half house up and up and. So that's, that's a good sign. Yeah, definitely. And look, we 
you know, we we even though COVID was there, we the kids and I, I took the kids to a game. We we went and watched a um, the Warriors game, where um, Parramatta Warriors game at uh, Central Coast Stadium. You're going to get them again too. Uh, yeah. the, the Warriors are playing at Central Coast again this year, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, they are. Um, I believe they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe they are. Um, and again, because of the whole COVID situation, I think, and they they made a really big sacrifice last year. So. Oh. You know, Huge. and um, yeah, they, they they bought some players this year, so they, they'll be a force to be reckoned with. I yeah, because they're year. I think they're are they're already up in Tamworth right now. Mm. The team is yeah, yeah, so. they're, they're um they're doing preseason training in Tamworth. Well, I think you're going to see the morale in that team be a lot better too, because the families are with them this time. You know, yeah. they just threw those guys on a plane and said, "Yeah, we might have you back in a few weeks." And three months <laughs> later, you know, they're you know. Yep, they're still there. Yeah, I know. Kids are giving, you know, wives are giving birth, and guys are going. I got to go back to my, you know, it was just yeah that they played as well as they did in those circumstances. Is they did nah. I got to give them credit. They did, and they look in in that game. They yeah, they they really um, almost beat the the crap out of us. So um, now we and look, Savio particularly was very happy because he got to see Fergo's um, first try for the year, <laughs> which was a long time coming. Is is uh, Fergo his favorite player? Do you think? Oh, look, he he just loved watching him. The the, and I think it's more the theatrics when he does score, when he does the backflip, and yeah. you know, he, yeah. that, he he loves watching that because it's it's entertainment, and uh, yeah. you know, and I, for him, it's yeah, he just loves it. I like Chad Townsend a lot. You know, Chad's got a good podcast mm-hmm. um, for the Sharks, and he is a big proponent. He's like. We should be, you know, as if we want to get a spotlight on rugby league and yeah. really get people to notice, mm-hmm. he goes, we should be doing a hell of a lot more with our celebration tries yeah, yeah. and and, and just, you know, because unlike, you know, the staunchy, you know, mm-hmm. like old, old man's NFL that, yeah. that since none of the men can dance that own the clubs, they hate anybody that can. <laughs> um, rugby league is very, very open to yeah. letting the guys express themselves. And I don't yeah, exactly. It, I would really love to see those guys get into it a little bit more. You kind of see it sometimes at the, yeah. you know, the, at the state, you know, at the union, yeah. I mean, not the union, what am I trying to say? Country, when countries play country, country. there's a lot of passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. we've got the, the, the world cup coming up this year. So, yeah. but I would really love to see that because like you said, like it brings the kids in. Savio's like dialed in hoping, you know, he learned yeah, about oh, definitely. The and he, he loves watching that celebration. I think, the Penrith Panthers did really well this year. They they had a lot where they were doing a lot more celebration, and the kids loved it. They yeah. loved watching it because it's like, and and not only that, like if you look at, you know, like going back to American to the NFL, um, when you see Sports Center, you know, you see basketball players, you see all different uh, sports featured on there, but not just because of that. It's like um, the the play of the day, the the Sports Center, the you know all the all the highlights, and it really brings um, the forefront, brings yeah. the game to the forefront. So. If they had something like that, where they looked at, oh yeah, bring up the try celebrations, uh, you know, and which which they they sort of had a little competition uh, for the uh, who had the best try celebrations. Yes, I but know. They, they, yeah, it's I guess it's you know something where um I, the players sort of need to work on that and you know do that. And, it it yeah, was definitely. almost like they 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 were kind of like, can I do this? Should I do this right yeah, now? Yeah, I know. You know? yeah, it's, um, yeah. I love watching Jerome Luai for for the Panthers mm-hmm. because. He, he he's he's quite an exciting player actually he he's another one i think um he he will go quite far because he he is really um he's he's enigmatic he he doesn't play with constraint you know he he yeah. really he doesn't doesn't hold back he he just chances he, uh, what what's the best word i guess um he chances his arm every yeah. time when he plays and he right. it's like the 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 no look pass, and you just you know you're going, your player's going to be there. You just throw it without looking because you know your player's going to be at the end of it. Yep. And it's it's yeah, and that, that's hard to that's hard to. It to is. It's you know, I, I think the thing that made me go, this guy's really dialed in too, is when um, Chadwick Boseman passed away. He yeah. scored a try that weekend, and he did the Wakanda forever after. Oh he yeah, yeah. Try. And I don't think a lot yeah. of people picked out that's what he was doing. Uh, but under the post, he, doing, he did the yeah, Wakanda did forever, yeah. and yeah. I was like. Did he just do the Wakanda forever? And uh, but you know, right then he went up like thirty, you know, thirty rows in my mind. Um, yeah, but yeah. so speaking of 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 this coming season, who do you think's the favorite going in? Oh wow, that's um that's a difficult one. Look, it, I would say, look, I think I think Melbourne will be there. Uh, I don't know if they'll be in the um the the grand final this year. 
per se. Because um, Harry Grant, there's there's a lot of um, eyes watching Harry Grant. And because he's taking that coveted number nine position, I think you'll find uh, him, his year, he, he had the best year for the Tigers because the Tigers overall weren't performing as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like um, he was like the shining light in the middle of it. But when you've got a lot of other lights around you, you're not going to shine as bright. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think so, – and, and the sad thing about it was if if he wouldn't have gone down with that injury at the mm-hmm. midway point, he wasn't the same player when he came back. Um, no. That that second the, – the last three or four yeah. – I guess he came back the last three or four games for the Tigers. Yeah, yeah. He just yeah. – he just he was a step slow and he and was a little bit hesitant, you know? That's the thing. And I think playing in a new team and, you know, again, this, the different coach for the year, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make a difference. Yeah. He may have been used to the system that they've got there. But I think what you'll find is he will struggle to find his feet a little bit this year. Okay. But look, I, I think Melbourne will be in the final series. I don't know if they'll make the final series. I don't know if they'll make the grand final. Um, Penrith Panthers, I think, have a good chance again this year. I think the surprise um, this year will be the Roosters will be back um, yeah. to play. Look, making the grand final and who's going to win it all this year, I would love to say Parramatta. Right. I think this year they have a good chance of making the grand final. Okay. Whether or not they're going to win it, that's that's another story. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't put my my house on it. Hey, be like Buffalo. Just be happy you got to the grand final, okay? <laughs> that's Let's, that's look, the yeah, celebration yeah. right no, there. No, I, I, can't, I can't do that because, like, like I said to Sonia, when, funnily enough, the year Savio was born, 2009, if you remember. Right, right, right. Hayne Plane. Hey, yeah, Hayne, yeah. the Hayne Plane um, took, the, took the, um, the Eels almost all the way. Yeah. They, um, yeah, you know, in the grand final. And that was – and I said to – and I remember what – I was – I was at work at the time, and every chance I got, I watched the um, the game. Right. But um, I remember at the end of it when I finished work, and Sonia called me and said, um, "You know, I was I was definitely disappointed." Um, Sonia called me and said, "You know, what's wrong?" And I just said, "Oh, you know, just yeah, look, uh, just disappointed. You know, the, the Eels lost." And she said, "Ah, don't worry about it. It's only a game." <laughs> And I said, listen, woman, something you need to le- realize now at the, the, the beginning point, you know, before we're even married, you can lose a game. You cannot lose a grand final. Yeah. That stings more than anything. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I you know, I don't know. If, you know, I know you watched a little bit of gridiron over there. Um, you know, listening to Aaron Rodgers interview after they lost uh, and, yeah. you know, there were some real questionable play calling for the Packers for that game, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. he's really making it sound like that might've been his last game for green Bay, which I think that a lot of people are a little bit shocked of, but I yeah. think he is, I think he's hedging to go back to play in California with either the 49ers or with the Rams. Um, but, but like you were selling, you know, Sonia, your wife, or we could tell the entire city of Buffalo, <laughs> you don't know if, this is your last time ever being at this stage again. Well, that's that's the thing. It's you know, it's 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 you work so hard to get to that 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 end point, and you're there. You're within. It's like it's like saying you know you've got one arm on the cup, yeah, and then you got to let go. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's yeah, it's it's not a good feeling. It's yeah. no. I, well, well, think about this. Tiger fans, the West Tigers, win in two thousand five with that team yeah. they had with Farah, Benji. Mm-hmm. Benji, uh, you know, Preston. you had all these components and pieces. You had Who'd Preston Campbell. That, you had, yes. Yeah. You would have thought that Benji would have three and you know shoulder surgeries to end his season, and mm-hmm. that they would never be in another grand final again. I'm saying the best mm-hmm. chance they had to be in a grand final after 2005 was in 2010 when they lost to the Roosters to go to the grand final. Yeah. When you you know when you first introduced me into the game, but you just don't know. And then after that, they looked like they were going to have a strong team in 11 and yep. 12, mm-hmm. and they haven't sniffed the final since. Yeah, you know, it's just you just don't know. You don't no. know. You don't know. And, that's, and and look, this year, this year indeed was um, it was different because of the 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 ruck speed and um, you know, did you enjoy the that? new rules around uh, yeah, and getting the the six again rule and you know yeah, I I did actually. I thought it was a definitely a better better game, faster game. Um, yeah, it did. 
it made it quicker and it uh, I think the potential for scoring more tries it made it more an attacking team's game yeah yeah I it, it, it kind of if I, you know I don't know how much you watch uh Super League mm-hmm. over in England yeah. but Super League's been that way you know that's why they yeah. say a lot of players that are more attack oriented players and why there was hint that Benji might go to Super League because yeah. it there's there's not trust me they hit but there's a lot more emphasis on the, the quicker play and, yeah. you know, the offense than, the, you know. Yeah. And getting more an attacking team, scoring yeah. tries and, yeah. Yeah, and so I was really excited. I, I got to tell you, I would have never thought that it would have created what it did in the NRL because I think that – I think it was beyond exciting. I think yeah, – yeah, I think definitely. with these players now having a full off season to train for that style of play and the fitness they know that they're going to need – I think this season is mm-hmm. going to be incredible to watch. Yeah. Well, one of the things, one of the rules for this year that they've they've brought in, I think it'll be interesting to see how this this pans out. Um, is also not just a, I mean the one referee rule wasn't too bad. It it well, I think it worked. It had its it has pluses and minuses. Yeah. Um, the one one thing that I um be interested to see is um they've got the the injury rule that's been coming out because a lot of trainers have been stopping play mm-hmm. to benefit. You know, as you know, our players injured, but it's it's not just to give their players a rest. It's also to, um, you know, to stop the momentum from the attacking team. Exactly. And I think one of the rules they said um, this year was if a team's um, on the defensive and a player goes down injured with a cork knee or whatever, they've got to take them off and yeah. continue play. And if they don't, then, yeah, they're, they're, they're not allowed to just stop play. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So it's... And it'll be interesting to see how that gets interpreted and how they use it. And yeah, yeah, there's some professional divers uh, that yeah, uh, yeah. stay down. Oh, for look, definitely. And look, it, no argument. In all honesty, I I played with a friend of mine who was that way. The same sort of thing when when you know when the momentum's against you, and if he got into a tackle, he'd lay on the ground and he'd, he'd do the oh grab my knee or grab my leg and you know and yeah. get the trainer come up. The referee would stop the game. And that would kill the momentum. Yeah. And you, I mean, you could see that happening. You, you see that in the, you know, in the professional leagues all the time. People do it all the time. A lot well, of, it, look, no, yeah, no I, team can I, say they didn't do it because a lot of them would have, they would have had someone do it. Yeah. I, and I agree with you. Like, I, uh, that is the thing that has made me turn away from professional soccer so much. Mm. I'm like, you know, you would think some of these guys have been hit with a sniper rifle from a thousand yeah. yards out. You oh, know, definitely. And, and they come out with a magic freeze spray, and all of a sudden he's up, able to go up and do backflips yep. again. You know, mm-hmm. and and oh yeah, I I it it's it's a lot of the Latin flair that's come into the game. You know, that's a big thing down in the South American leagues where that is part of the theatrics of the game. And yeah. you know, if you would have watched a, an English Premier League game back in the mid '90s, you know, you'd have to take an axe to a guy's leg for him to freaking yeah, go down. To be you know, dream, yeah. um, you know, soccer players have the str- some of the strongest legs in the world, but you barely mm-hmm. touch him on the ankle, and he goes over. And he goes over, yeah, <laughs> definitely. But not only that, he's holding his ankle for ages, and then, like you said, the magic spray, or you know, here, yeah. he's an ice pack. Oh yeah, ten seconds later, I'm ready to go. Yeah, and he's making a full spray. Yeah, yeah, down mm-hmm. the field. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, my friend, I, I wanted to ask you, what uh, final words would you like to leave with the Shedheads from Australia about this upcoming season and what to expect? Well, look, I, I think it's going to be a nice, exciting year. Right. Um, I, I expect I expect some teams to do really well. Look, I, while, while, you know, to, to, to help Corey, I would like to say the Tigers would make the final series, but... I still don't see that happening. Sorry, Neither Corey. Do I. Neither do I. Continue. Sorry, Corey. But you know, but look, I think I think you'll see, um, like, with teams like Manly, um, they uh, if Turbo isn't, you know, gets injured again or is not as fit, I think again they'll go down in flames. How do you, how do you they think? Were predicted, uh, you know. How do you think? Um, um, what's his name? They just came across. Uh, back with them. Uh, Kieran Foran. How do you think Kieran Foran's going to be back in the halves with Cherry Evans? Do you think that's going to be magical again? Uh, look, I, I don't think I don't think they have the magic that they did years ago. They were young uh, yeah. in those days. They were they were young. They were hungry. Um, they were, and they'd played together for a long time before that. Yeah. Um, they both had different teams, different ways, uh, different lifestyles. They've gone to different teams where they played in different ways. Um, I, 
it'll take him some time. I think it'll take him the whole year to gel again. Okay. But even and even if that happens, and even if Foran stays healthy again, um, yeah. yeah, I think both are different players now. So I don't think they'll gel quite as well. And again, for mainly the big big thing for them is yeah, if if Turbo stays fit, last year they were a dangerous team. But as soon as Turbo went down, that was it. That was it. They they lost the teams they should never have. Yeah. And they lost games they should never have. That there, there, there's that young kid that uh you know, what's the young kid that his best friend passed away that came across from the Dragons? Because they've got a few guys. Oh, is that Tristan Saylor? No, Tristan didn't come across there. There's one other guy. There's three guys that all kind of look like Tristan, uh, but he's mm-hmm. taller than Tristan Saylor. But he came across, and there was a big there was a big talk. He was best friends with that kid from Manly that passed away. And that was the reason he decided to come across to Manly. But but why I bring him up to, is I love to think couple, of the name, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple guys to me that are gonna be up with Manly this year if that hamstring takes Turbo out again. That I think mm-hmm. that instead of just having Brandon Elliott to fit in there, who's a totally different type yeah. of player, that I think that they have some different components to plug in there if he goes down. Mm-hmm. Because I, I hate to say this and, and I and tell me if you think I'm wrong. He hasn't shown me any reason to think that Turbo is going to make it through a full season. I'm saying he hasn't yeah. made it through, you know, it's just he's he's no, built like a deer. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, the, but look, with his flair and his speed, the the, the downside to that is, you know, he's, 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 he's got bad knees. Yeah. He's got bad legs and bad knees. And <laughs> unfortunately, like you said, he's built like a deer. But, um, all it takes is a strong tackle and he's out for the for the year. You know, you wonder if they're going to have to do something like they did with Teddy. Because don't forget, Teddy – um, his first, his first take and run, yeah. he blew his knee out with the Tigers yeah. and yeah. then he hurt himself again. And that second time they totally changed the way he runs because yeah. if you watch him, how he ran that first, yeah. that first couple of years of the Tigers compared to how he runs that staccato kind of choppy yeah. stuff that he does now with the roosters, yeah. they said they had to change it because he was going to get injured mm-hmm. again and it worked, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you wonder if that's what they're going to have to do with turbo fit, but probably you wonder will. When a guy starts having that many hamstring injuries, mm-hmm. it it becomes chronic. It really does. So it does, and it did, and it, it unfortunately he's plagued with that that kind of injury, you know. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it goes back to does the trainer change the way he plays? Do they change the way he trains? Um, you know, do do they do they build up that muscle again to try and prevent the injury, or you know, what yeah. what do they do? Because if he if he trains in another way, does he still have the same flair? Exactly. 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 Yeah. Yes, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I guess that's that's for um, Des Hasler and his uh, crew to <laughs> manage. Yeah, right. Right. We're, we're not making that type of money to make those type of calls. So no. No. Exactly. Leave it to them. Exactly. No. Yeah. They can make that. And let's let's face it. We don't have enough um, information or knowledge to be able to make those calls anyway. So. Whoa, whoa! You be careful now. You are on outside the shed. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I'm talking I about myself. A, I have quite a few people. Don't forget, I picked the matches. At about a sixty-seven percent completion percentage during the finals. Yeah, that's that's, that's now, not bad. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Let me tell you something. I'm paying some people's mortgages, but let me put it <laughs> this way: I took all their money back with my NFL picks this year because it's been oh, pretty damn bad. I, uh, <laughs> I the shed Adamas went away for the NFL, unfortunately. Um, but I did pick McGregor to lose. Oh, I know. You did I did? Please listen yeah. to Friday's episode. Your oh, shed Adamas picked it. <laughs> but um well dom i've got to tell you my friend this has been mm-hmm. a pleasure for me i uh i am so happy we got caught up besides how we normally do and uh you added a lot people now know where the inspirations come from where the dream started the dream the, the dream. dream but um <laughs> i will be checking back in with you as the season goes on but uh for me and you and the rest of the shed heads i want to thank you for coming on to this episode's about side the sheds no problem at all, Corey. Anytime. And look, I, I did talk a lot about Manly, but look, it, let me just say to finish off so everybody knows where I'm from Parramatta Eels 2021. We are the winners, baby. Yes. <laughs> well, that is how we need to end it. Shedheads, if you listen to it, as the great Dom Gonzalez says, throw all of your money at Parramatta and win, place, or show. It's coming home. But until next hey. time, Shedheads. This guy has just said the last words. This has been Outside the Sheds with, for me, 
Corey Damas and from the great Dom Gonzalez over in the great, beautiful Wyoming, Australia, or Gosford. Eds, there it was. Uh, the incredible interview with the man, the myth, the legend, as I said earlier, Dominic Gonzalez. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that it brought you a different view, maybe, of, of the game, um, of what a supporter might feel like and be like. Even a blue and gold supporter, ladies and gentlemen. But that being said, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that's the first interview of many to come. But it was fun doing it. And I, I want to thank Dominic for taking the time to sit down with me on that interview. It was early in the morning for him. Um, but he did it. And I'm very, very grateful for him and for his lovely wife for giving him the opportunity to do it as well. But until next week, like I said, Shedheads, stay out of trouble. Don't get caught. But we are about ready to kick off the year and finish out the NFL strong with the Super Bowl. Until next time, see ya! And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson, talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about.